Today's episode is brought to you by the Summer Showdown champions, the San Francisco... What? Paris? What? It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to High Noon Podcast, the competitive Overwatch podcast. I'm your host, Bill Blevins. With me, as always, is Deathblow. What's up, buddy? Not too much, my man. How are you doing after our little break? Oh, doing doing great. You know, I uh, I needed uh, need you, you need that week off, even though uh, you know we're we're playing we're still playing games. We're still sitting in the same place. Uh. So, you know what? The Overwatch League gets the week off. We get the week off. <laughs> um, story yeah, I'm sticking uh, to a, a little bit of holiday celebrations. Um, we're actually in a bit of an area that has not had, like, this resurgence of the COVID stuff. Right. So, we're still yes. mostly open. Yeah, yet. Um, and things like that. We'll see how long that lasts for. As I know, like, California is reclosing and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um and i've been in multiple arguments with people at 7-elevens and gas stations and things about just wearing a mask forehead but uh so yeah we're probably doomed and and uh primed for (laughs) primed for a relapse yep uh, of all the closings and everything like that but um so yeah just to kind of give you guys a little bit of uh insight into why we had the week off um i know i had to spend a little time with my family um some of which i hadn't seen in a couple months things like that Mm -hmm. so um thank you for understanding and uh, we're glad to be back, and we're glad that Overwatch League is back. Um, and thanks to them for lining up the holiday break with uh, break in the action. Actually, it's, yeah, they're gonna do it, which I don't necessarily like the breaks. Yeah, then <laughs> not nece- don't necessarily need to do it. But if you're going to do it, you might as well line it up with uh, a holiday, which yeah. is uh, which is nice. So, yeah, that was that was certainly good for sure. Yeah, it's just nice to break up the action a little bit too. So, uh, before we get into it, let's get into some housekeeping. Of course, Blackwatch Report, keeping up with contenders and Tier 2. I believe they had a guest on recently, so definitely check them out. Blackwatch Report, or some some places it's Blackwatch Report, I believe, on Twitter. Um, but if you want to keep up with Tier 2, Tier 3, all of that stuff... Or just make fun of Thorne's inability to spell the word report. Or just make fun of Thorne's inability to spell. Uh, head on over to their feed, Blackwatch Report. Uh, they had Icy, the off-tank for third impact. Thank you, Shrug, for that info, that hot scoop. I'm sure I could have looked it up beforehand, but I am lazy. Um, okay, Death, let's talk about what we did last week. I know you already talked a little bit about... Going and seeing the family and doing some Fourth of July stuff. Anything else fun and exciting for you? Uh, just been trying to keep up with the streaming a little bit. I'm in a little bit of a. I mean, I you know the whole three weeks of streaming I did really has got me in a a tough spot where yeah. I'm like between games at the moment, and I really don't know um, what, what Sea I've... of Thieves made you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been playing some Diablo. There was a new season starting. Diablo. Uh, there so there's a youtube video uh up about that on my channel and i've been streaming that a little bit so if that is a game you're interested in um make sure you do check me out uh twitch.tv slash deathblow ttv uh also hit affiliate uh as well i had like all the requirements except for the concurrent viewers from what i streamed hearthstone and overwatch on release and things like that way back in the day um so it was a little on the easier side for me to get there i didn't have the follower grind to do or anything like Mm -hmm. that but um, nonetheless i did hurt myself pretty bad by like not advertising my streams and like aiming for no viewers and no overlay and just using it as like a recording uh -hmm. (laughs) recording software um so a big thanks to everybody that stopped by and and helped promote the stream blevins i know you've been hanging out in there a lot really appreciate it that was the first sub by the way first actual sub um absolutely uh, a true fact which, so which, your founder's badge is is uh in the mail yep and and you can finally and truthfully unironically say suck fubs uh 
true. There's a throwback. There's a throwback. Because it's like you and Bob are my subs right, right. now, right? You, Bob, and, and Clay, and the other people you gifted. Yeah. Um, so it's it's as accurate as it'll ever be. <laughs> Use that more. Absolutely correct. That's that's a 2014 throwback right there. Actually, maybe even – no, that was probably about – 2016 i don't know i don't know when i don't know when things happen i think overwatch is like four years old so i don't think it was 20 it was before overwatch oh this that's right Hearthstone. That was, uh, Hearthstone? Oh, my God. Maybe, maybe it was 2014 yeah i think it might have been <laughs> yeah what a world we lived in back then yeah times were times were uh simpler actually they were much harder um because we had to go outside uh, now time for the Blevins bluffs the F blow. Wow, you remembered it. The, you remembered the much less popular uh, segment from the show, not uh, uh, bluff. No, stump the Blevins. Yeah, stump the Blevins. That was that's a it's a classic. Got to bring that back somehow. Um, there's no way of doing that. I okay. still don't read Reddit, so it can definitely. No, work. no, no. Stump, stump the Blevins is just the voice line one. Voice lines, yeah, but the Blevins bluffs the F ball. No. It's you making up Reddit headlines and oh, I could, we could do that. <laughs> uh, if we get uh, if we get twenty five uh, retweets on uh, on anything in the next week, then <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take the time and I'll make the segment for next week's show. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Um, okay, so let me. Which? Oh, hold on. Wait. Wait, I, I have the button set up, but do I know which one's which? Uh, I think this is the one. Okay, we're going to move on here and talk about it's, uh, news. Oh, I guessed right. I guessed right. W Y shows, by the way. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's not as easy. It's it's way easier than you think it is. Um, WYA of the Guangzhou charge has been moved to a two-way designation to compete in contenders. While they continue to wait out visa issues that have kept them from joining the team in Korea. Death, do we know anything about WYA? No, because he's not been able to join the team in Korea. <laughs> entire season after being signed. Um, and it, they basically just put out a statement saying they firmly believe in the, the players in agreement mm-hmm. here that like being active and playing Overwatch is generally good for an yeah. Overwatch player's career. Um, so they're just getting him into a situation where they're still, he's under, he's still under contract. Mm-hmm. He's still with the organization um, and just going to be competing now in uh, a meaningful way uh, instead of just get, getting cold on the bench. Uh, yeah. So that's obviously, I think a, a great move by them. Yep. Um, and I think it, the most notable thing is, is I think they like disbanded their contenders team. So this might be a signal that they're coming back. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I like overheard some conversation in Discord about that or something. I'm not 100% sure there. We'd have to cross check with Thorn and Kyle. Um, and maybe Shrug and Chat can, can help clue us in and let me know if I, I gleaned the correct information from that convo or not. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's a, a good sign for Tier 2. Maybe some of these orgs come back. Some of the, the Overwatch League teams get their um, Academy squad set back. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like this makes the most sense for like tier two in general. Like, it feels more like, uh, like uh, MLB farm systems where it's like, okay, for whatever reason, doesn't matter. You know, a lot of times they're either injured in 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 the MLB or they're like just not performing. It's like the tier one team or the professional team has faith in the player you know they've bought into the player literally they've bought into the player they're investing time and effort and uh money into the player don't let them just get cold on the bench let's use contenders in the way that i always felt like it should have been used it's the tier two scene not because it's like the lesser scene it's the feeder it's the farm system it's the it's the place where you can stay, where uh, you know professional players can stay warm, where they can cut their teeth, where up and comers can come and and work through up to it. Like it goes both ways. It's not meant to be, you know, the second or third or fifth step on your way to the Overwatch League. It, it is for some people, but it can also be a you know a, a staying warm, a warm up, a, all this stuff. Um, so I, I think this is a really good step, um, not just for the Guangzhou Church, because it's just I think an objectively good decision. I think this is really great for tier two overwatch. I think like this is, 
it, it's always seemed like there's been like a butt up of tier one and tier two. And this is like, no, it's the same org. It's just different players playing at a different level and, and, and keeping in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we saw it a little bit with like Numlock. He, when he mm-hmm. left the Valley and he went back down and, um, but we've also seen a lot of other players, you know, retire and go elsewhere. Um, yeah. Things like that. We've seen you know, Tavik just kind of like disappear when he lost his owl contract. Right. And, uh, it's nice to see it potentially work in a way that is meaningful to keeping talent around. I mean, this guy, I don't believe has had any stage time in Overwatch League, right? I'm pretty right. sure he was a new signing for this year. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it would it would be a shame if he just like disappeared because oh, he made right. it into Overwatch League and then got cut. So nobody's going to give him a chance again. Um, and yeah, this is what we envisioned it being. This mm-hmm. is what we think it's you know very valuable as. Um, and I hope to really see. Like I said, all these these academy teams come back. Mm-hmm. I wish the league had just made the academy academy teams a mandatory part of, of being a participant right. in Overwatch League, um, and they never they never would have left. And yeah, I think it, it's just such a valuable asset for teams, even if it's not in and of itself um, revenue positive, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they're not profiting off of it. I still think there's a lot of value in just building up your main team and things like that yeah. instead of just using the Boston Uprising roster as that. Uh, <laughs> you, you can then have your own that you can control. Right. Um, just, you know, decide who plays on it instead of only having, the, you know, those five players. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I think all that is 100% correct. And it, it, it just, it feels more... I mean, we talked about this when, the Over- when Overwatch League first started and, like, when contenders first started before the Overwatch League, like, this is what I thought it was going to be. And then it really kind of got to like, well, contenders is partly that, but it's also like its own like self-contained thing. And then like, that's where I think the, the headbutting or the, I don't, it may, it's not really animosity, but the like, oh, well, you know, you need to support, you need to support tier two and watch tier two and do it. It's like, yes if you want to do that but like you the the value like you said death the value of tier two overwatch is not that it is a product that people want to that that it in and of itself it is a product that people necessarily want to watch or like want to watch in the same capacity as overwatch league i mean look at go to any minor league baseball game maybe not any but most minor league baseball games so like not it's not they're not some of them are but most of them aren't like filling the seats and uh you know making a bunch of money and like that's not the point of a minor league baseball team maybe that's a flawed system in general but it works for these organizations so this the what Guangzhou charge and some other teams have done feels much more like an organic use of tier two and i think starting there is better than like okay well we have this other tournament and it's not overwatch league and like a lot of people argue that it's similar level but it's definitely not right like some players yeah some players are good enough to play in overwatch league obviously it's not the same level as overwatch league it's not tier one for a reason um but you should but you know people are arguing that you should watch it and love it as much as tier one it's like what why like, you know, we're not watching the NBA D League in the same way that we're watching the NBA, right? Like, it, and, and you shouldn't. That's not what it's for. This feels like a much more natural usage of contenders. And I think that from this, it will build up organically and naturally. And I think it will be better for both tier one and tier two overall. So, Agreed. stepping off the soapbox uh, for a second, because we haven't really talked about it in a while. But, okay. Well, people- People got sick of us uh, making slight jokes. The anti, anti, we're we're just not contendies truthers, okay? And if you want, if you want to hear a bunch of contendies truthers talking to each other about how great it is, check out Blackwatch Report on their own feed. Uh, (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) It's tournament talk. All right, we enter the summer showdown, aka 
world, whatever you bizarre want. world, wacky land, clown fiesta. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, I'm gonna call it. Uh, I would say, what do they call bracket busters? There was so many of those in in this in the, both events, really. Uh, well, maybe not. I do want to. I do want to point out though, of all the people that submitted a bracket to the channel in the Discord, yeah. do you know whose bracket survived the longest? Uh, well. I know what yours was. Really? Oh, it was me. Uh, everybody except for me was out on the second game of the weekend, and I was out after the third game of the weekend. <laughs> hey, did you pick Toronto over L.A.? No, that was when mine broke. Um, okay. You're looking at the bracket as it sits there. Oh, okay. Uh, but the first game... Washington. So oh, Eric Houston versus... Versus Florida, uh, Houston versus Florida. I was the only one in the entire Discord that took Houston in that one, um, and then literally nobody took uh, Toronto there. So um, yeah, so I, I lasted exactly until, until <laughs> that Toronto. Game I was ended. gonna say, um, did did they release like stats for like the picks? Like, did anyone have even close to a, a perfect bracket? I don't know that anybody had a perfect bracket. I didn't see anything about that. Um, I can't imagine. No, nobody. There's nobody, no chance. Nobody would have got it perfect. I mean, the Asia side, nothing over the top crazy happened. Right. I think I had it correct until the final, the final game. Yeah, um, so that was nothing crazy there. Um, and honestly, if you weren't picking with your logo on your with the logo on your hat. <laughs> You probably would have been about there as well. Yeah. Um, I probably, I honestly probably would have picked the flip of Guangzhou over Shanghai just to spite you. Yeah. But I mean, but the NA side was just nuts. Um, Absolutely top to bottom. The first stage, the only, there was one game in the knockout round that went the way you thought it would. And that's, uh, you know, as high of a seat as possible versus as low as a seat as possible. Those should be the ones that are like, shock but yeah, I, a yeah. lot of teams kind of shot themselves in the foot picking opponents and that's why that's such a yep. fun dynamic fun way mm-hmm. to handle tournament seedings and picks i I love that we're doing that it's yes. one thing that i wish traditional sports would do and it's something i've heard talked about a lot um i, I absolutely absolutely love that uh high seed picks their opponent mm-hmm. and looking at you florida what were you thinking you just play like as dante said like <laughs> i really felt like i was free farming you guys for three maps so i don't know what you're doing picking me but thanks like, <laughs> really appreciate it um and then it came back to bite them you know there yeah. was there was an easier opponent out there um i don't think florida loses to toronto in that for instance in, in that situation although they were already taken right valiant were the first right to pick. um but yeah you know it was just a uh, ton of fun to to kind of watch mm-hmm. it play out and um shout outs to you know the teams that were able to get the upsets because i mean both of my teams were, were <laughs> gotta take a minute to shout them out yep um but i think the big the biggest surprise of, of everything right even beyond the champion more surprising than paris um getting the w making it all the way through the bracket was i think for me, at least, just exactly how far the Toronto Defiant went in yeah. the tournament. Yeah. And this was, I, th- I want to say it happened uh, about six days after I went on a tirade about how they're the worst team in the Overwatch Yes. You sh- um, it, it was very close to that. About, <laughs> about six, five, six days when it started <laughs> ended or something like that. Yeah, it was um, really, really surprising. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on why they were able to do that before I give mine and, and what you think the outlook for Toronto is going forward after this. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, you look at a team like Toronto and on paper, if we take, if we don't look at any of the matches they've played, you look on paper at the roster, this is a good team. There's really not, there's not too many reason to think that they should be as low as they are uh, or, or as bad as they are. And it's, you know, you look at someone like Surefor, it's like, well, he's, he should theoretically make your team, if not meta proof, meta resistance. So I don't even want to call it, I don't want to call it a meta thing. I, I, I feel like their performance in this tournament, like they went against LA Valiant. I think on paper, I would pick that for sure. If we look, if we're looking at the beginning of the year, we would have picked that. I, I don't think, I don't think we would either of us. 
We would have. Well, I we were very low on the Valiant early on too. So even if you look at the Valiant now, and we take our opinion of Toronto at the beginning of the season, which doesn't make any sense to do, but I think we would have probably still picked Toronto. Um, and you look at Toronto versus Atlanta. I don't think it. That's a tough one to make, even if we're giving all of the benefits of the doubt to Toronto. And it was a close match, but it's not unlosable. So I think it's more. It's it's less so like it. it it, it's less so like, you know, the worst team in the league suddenly made massive changes and went crazy and more like they're finally living up to their potential. Like I, they what they won around, they won two rounds and then they got clapped by Philly, a top team. That's a, you know, that's a mid table team performance, right? Like they want to, they want a knockout round and then they want a really close uh, five gamer against uh, a mid, a mid to high table team. Like that's a, that's a mid-table team performance, and I think they should be a mid-table team. Yeah, it really felt like they lived up to a little bit of what our initial expectations yeah. were for them and what they what they could be. And as a fan of them, um, great to see. Really, really happy about that. Mm-hmm. I've talked a lot about how um, I thought Cruz coming into the team is a bit of a stabilizing force for them. Um, he's a very solid player that I think gave them the ability to have some in-game leadership. Um, and I think Numlocked coming in solidified that to an extent as mm-hmm. well. He's, you're not, he's basically going to be unflappable. I mean, listen, somebody that died to my mercy pistol in a scrim <laughs> then goes on to sign with an Overwatch League team. I mean, yeah. clearly they're not going to let little things get right. them down, right? So I'm, I'm, going props- to, I'm going to burn the building down. <laughs> The building on fire. I'm going to take uh, the building so on fire. Props to Numlock for for having the you know the gumption to um, die to me with a mercy pistol and then continue on to to go into the the semifinal. Do you think um, he remembers that or has ever once thought about it? Billion years. No, he was playing <laughs> role for a team that he was just sub, subbing in for. <laughs> um, I mean, he was playing off tank and he's a main tank player, so it's not crazy off role. But right. I'm still me, and I still had a mercy pistol and killed. <laughs> so uh, you can't ever take that away from me. Okay. True. Now that we've brought that up, the contractually obligated one time on the podcast, yep. mm-hmm. we can move on. Um, I, I really do want to qualify their performance by saying the first time they ran into a team's starting six with their best players, they lost. And I think that that's telling. Yeah. Uh, it's they're not a team that's going to likely make it back to the semifinals, but can they get some wins in the knockout rounds? Right. Can they have a, a chance and, and put up a fight in the quarterfinals and maybe get back to the semis again? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's the case. But when they went against the Los Angeles Valiant, they had multiple people on the bench. They had Giggin instead of Dreamer, and there was somebody else I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, that was subbed in. So that was not the LA Valiant that had played in all the qualifier matches. That is not the LA Valiant team that seemed to have scrimmed uh, as a six going into the tournament. So I think that that is a reasonable explanation as to why that happened. I mean, this Mm. Toronto team still, Sherford didn't play once. Um, So I I really do think they're still handcuffing themselves. I still think they're as long as they're going to do that and bench sure for, I expect them to continue to be kind of disappointing us from that mid table. Right. But they, they showed us that our initial expectations weren't far off. It's just that right. they're not quite able to output to, to match that. And hopefully that's not true. I'm still rooting for this team. I still want to see them succeed. Um, you know, but I'm just, I'm not going to take this, oh, we lost two, four of the six starters for the LA, or we beat four of the six starters for the LA Valiant, and then we beat the Baby Bay version of the Toronto or the Atlanta Reign right. in a nail biter um, super, super seriously. So I, it's, it's a really tough question to answer, and I don't want to um, take anything away from the accomplishment because had you told me, that the Valiant were going to you know, bench two of their players and, and play gig. And I, I still would have picked the LA Valiant. Right. Um, if you, I, I expected the Atlanta rain to be playing the gimped baby Bay version of themselves. And, and I would have picked Atlanta to win had I had Toronto advancing to that game in my bracket. Um, you know, so it's, it's not something where I'm trying to diminish what they accomplished, but just talk about, why it happened and i think when right. you really 
at it and analyze things that that goes a long way. You know, there was an interesting stat I was completely unaware of that came out during the broadcast of that match. Blevins, the Atlanta Rain. I don't know how closely you watch this match, so you might not even know this stat. The Atlanta Rain have never won a match this season in which they've lost a map. Really? Every Atlanta Rain victory this year has been a 3 to 0 win. Wow. That is that is this outstanding. Is, this is a team that's 7 and 6. Like that's insane that, that they is, are that, that is level. miraculous. They are the quintessential gatekeepers to relevancy in Overwatch, League, yeah. right? Like if you're bad, they're going to just stomp you into the ground. If you're even passably good, yeah, you'll be able to topple them and yeah. take them down. Um, so that to me is much more fascinating than the semifinal appearance of the Toronto Defiant. Right. Um, and I really have to question and wonder what is going to happen with this team and how they're going to react going forward. Um, another thing to bring up here after that match, um, this is a tweet from Baby Bay. GG's at Toronto Defiant. This is more than likely my last tournament. Really wanted to win it all. Frowny face. So it sounds to me like Baby Bay is on his way out the door. He's got right. one foot out the door, ready to retire. There's been no official announcement. Um, so it's going to be really curious to see if that is, and I think it might be, like the saving grace of the Atlanta right. Rain. Baby Bay is going to fall on his sword, leave the game, and level up this team tremendously because this entire tournament was Genji-based, right? Everything, it was defined by Genji, mm -hmm. whether all the teams at the beginning of it were playing it, you know, there's a lot of talk about how, oh, this meta fits Houston perfectly and it's the right time, if not now, when is Houston going to win and all these things, and they were the, the Cinderella story going into it, right, mm -hmm. after they took out Florida because they were on people's radar the analysts that sat down and watched their games go oh no this is not the houston of before right, right. this is not them they're playing sharp they're playing clean this is much different um and so people were very ready to buy into them right i think they were the teams that people were, were really looking at but for all they've added to their roster for all they've they've got on that squad now they don't have that elite Genji player. And mm -hmm. this isn't Tracer season one. This isn't a hero that you should have expected them to need and have. Right. And to be honest, they have Blase. They signed Hydration. Right. Now Hydration isn't an option because he's busy playing your your Orissa and your main tank right. role. Um, but you know, they and they've got um Dante who's very flexible, and they've mm -hmm. got Linkser who's played it uh, in the past. So they've got four players on the roster that can reasonably be expected to pick up Genji and, and perform decently well on it. And I think you saw Dante do that. He played a little more, you know, there was a lot made of the different styles between Sparkle and, and EQO in the finals and things like that, the different styles between the two of them. Um, and I think Dante plays more that EQO style that I'm not the, like my Genji's not going to be the highlight reel thing, but I'm going to stay with my team and I'm going to, um, support them and play with them and play around our, you know, our Carpe, which, and for Houston, that's Linkser when he right. gets to play Asher, the, the Widow, you know, and, and try to protect and, you know, do a little more, uh, more things like that, right? You can, if you watch the finals, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about and you've seen the difference. It was a very good example of the difference in the styles of Genji play. Um, so, you know, it, it, but this meta spoke to Genji and maybe Atlanta didn't come to that conclusion in their scrims or whatever, but Erster was right there. Right. right? And he didn't even come out in this game. And he is that, right? He is that potentially at least that sparkle level pop yep. off carry projectile nutbag on that mm -hmm. particular hero. A little bit last year, right? That was one of the things he would just pull out Genji when it was awful and just murder everybody with it. And like it was in, incredible and so, so to not see him show up and not see him participate in this tournament that was won and defined by genji play in the long run it, it was a little bit hard to watch um and i've been saying that about atlanta all year long and we mm -hmm. joked about um sideshow's tweet about <laughs> what like what if like edison and erster like that yeah. would be so crazy that just worked out that way and the funny clap back from baby bay is is 
hysterical and we loved it. Yes. Um, but it was also always right, right? So if Baby Bay does retire and leave the 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 team or the organization um, wherever he's going, there I know there was a lot of speculations about Valorant, and to be honest, we I say this about almost every hit scan that's that's made the move. It might might be a better fit for him, right? Yeah. Like a pure hit player he comes might from CS:GO, right? I, I believe so. Yeah. So uh, there's a there's at least a lot to make you think that makes sense, right? That that right. kind of a move would make sense for him. Um, but I really think there's a chance this levels up the Atlanta range tremendously yeah. by by forcing them into like okay, unless it just becomes Edison and um, Sharp, which is the most Atlanta range thing I can think. You, I think they could possibly do at this point. Just yep. continue to ignore it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting to see what Atlanta does from here. But yeah. The the three zero or or you know get bodied squad is is um, maybe about to to see some changes but yeah um, I guess that means we should talk about the the finals now Blevins well, we should probably go over the brackets at some point <laughs> we're talking about these brackets and haven't told people what they're actually I mean you've probably seen them already I was I I kind of thought people had just had just seen them for the most part if you want to read through them go ahead nah I'm, I'm over it um the one the one last thing i i, I don't want i won't harp on it but i will just bring up the point again when it comes to erster when it comes to sure for like what why i just i want to know why i want something even if it's uh like a hollow like oh they're you know they're resting or they're taking time off or they're kind like I want something like why in the world are you holding on to sure for or Erster and just not using them? Are they not good enough? Is it the scrims are saying that they haven't been the best option? Like it just seems like if you're benching a top player on your team, I mean, does that ever happen in the NFL death where they're like, there's a player that is a, like a top, a top wide receiver is benched for, and there's no public reason. Does that just happen? It seems like it wouldn't like there's some sort of I'm injury reporter. I'm going to say no, but yeah, I think that's, that's what you would tend to see if it was going to happen. Right. You'd see like a vague injury report listing or something like right. that. Um, you know, you've seen stuff where maybe the, the reason wasn't publicly known at the time, but like, it's usually something like they went home because their wife was having their baby. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like it, right. it's, it's some personal family reason. Uh, and I'm sure there's, corner case examples out there feel free to send them to me and remind me or whatever i don't yeah. i don't mind but um generally speaking no you know you you do get some kind of at least whether it's right. accurate or not you never know some kind of, of reason given um but that could just be a function of the reporters are so much better so right. why try to hide when it's a phone call away from them finding out anyways or you know yeah. whatever um but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, no. I mean, you do have players that become like disenchanted with their team and want out. You've got your Terrell Owenses of the world right. that are like those are like locker room problem diva players, right? Diva, the, the, the you know Overwatch character D-I-V-A. players. D I V A. D I V A. Not D Yeah, I mean, no. You you really don't see anything like that. It's, yeah, it's very weird. Just, and it, if it does it, seem very weird. There's times the general consensus doesn't agree with who the better player is and the starter doesn't go out. I guess that's that's a thing, but um, I just, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that's the case. And like you said, you you should be meta-proof when you have a player like Surefor. So, right. uh, and you combine that with maybe some tweets from Surefor about like, this is why the game feels so bad to play right now. Like he had an effective HP and it was very right. thoughtful but he's still streaming he's still playing the game I, it's it's very hard to wrap my head around it and really um make sense of what's going on with them so yeah i'm, I'm with you i'm a little little lost there yeah well i mean it all goes back to uh transparency 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 there you go take your take your uh, high noon podcast bingo squares we've 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 covered a couple of them uh so far okay death which finals do you want to talk about first we should probably talk about the, the NA side. Finish the convo about the NA side. All we right. haven't brought up anything about Asia yet. So yeah. Okay. So we've got Paris Eternal winning four to three against Philadelphia Fusion. Death break it down. As close as close can be. Um, in a pretty high stakes situation. I mean, as high stakes as 
one regular season win can can really be um you know the one thing that really bothered me about the tournament this is more on the Guangzhou side of things I heard them like calling themselves champions and stuff you're not the champion of anything um this isn't what that was this is part of why I don't like tournaments and and I, I try not to harp on it but like context matters and the context yeah. of winning the finals of these tournaments was if i win we get three wins added to our schedule and if i lose we get two so right. yes context matters and that doesn't artificially pump these up to be more than they were these right. were just like extracurricular regular season games and yeah um there's narrative there's hype there's checking in on who the best is and there's yeah. all those things that that are very true and this does speak a lot to the power levels of these teams because they were trying they weren't half-assing it they weren't given partial anything these were all teams that were going all in trying their best to to win here um so you know shout outs to the paris eternal they put the league on notice um that they are the team to to beat right now on the na Mm -hmm. side of things yes that's over the san francisco shock because they beat the san francisco shock three to two another team that just maybe doesn't have the all-star genji player on the roster um so yeah they let him go right that was that was Mm -hmm. architect for them um so yeah i i this was an incredibly close incredibly fun match so was the semifinal with uh, san francisco i highly recommend everybody watch both of those matches um i think this one even went down to like so it was map seven i'm trying to remember if this was a cough map or not um anyways but yeah it, it went as deep as possible to the the very end my recollection is like the last fight whoever wins it was was taking the whole thing yeah. um so it, absolutely um a, a treat to watch and yeah paris comes out on top in large part because sparkle is uh just a beast yeah and um w- was able to take the take the whole thing home you know i i trying to remember the exact circumstances and i watched the asia side of the bracket before the show because i it had, i watched that first essentially uh on the weekend when it happened mm-hmm. it, it was farther removed from my mind i probably should have just watched both finals though um but yeah sparkle popped off i i've been talking a lot basically since like fd god and Exy kind of announced their um mm-hmm. arrival in the overwatch league early season about how terrifying this this team would be once sparkle got here and um they there's still problems on the roster i still don't think um ben best is a world beater main tank outside of his reinhardt but that said his orissa play looked much improved from what we've seen in the past um to the point of like incredibly passable if not solid mm-hmm. to good um and i think that that really helped solidify all their weaknesses and just kind of uh, give sparkle the room he needed to, to pop off and get the w um you know it was a little bit it felt like a one-man show watching it but that's just because that's how dragon blade works as an ultimate and <laughs> the guy the guy's really yep. good at his hero uh, it probably would have been very similar if it was a Doomfist meta except right. it might have have been against houston in the finals because that's who was on the that side of the bracket and like blase might be the only doomfist that we've seen kind of pop off and show similar levels of domination on on a hero in that role you know um but there's there's multiple heroes that sparkle can do this on it's not just genji genji's just one of them um you know they're as long as they get metas where they don't need to play winston along with those heroes i think that they're going to be um very very difficult to contend with and and they're at bare minimum going to give everybody um a, a very long drawn out bloody fight mm-hmm. if they're going to get away off of off of paris going forward so um yeah you know we saw sparkle pop in and maybe not have the same impact that we initially thought but um by the end of this tournament i don't think there's too many people that still doubt the impact right. he's going to have and now with Exy back and you know, but they were winning maps with with Soon and Nico. Like they had strats, like their their May Reaper strategies were Soon and Nico. Like mm-hmm. they would just sub out the two DPS and and um, Philly tried to take them there on purpose to to beat them, and they lost both of those yeah. times. Right, so um, it was definitely a team win for for Paris, but um, the meta gave Sparkle the opportunity to to shine and show why he was so hyped up coming right. out of contenders. 
why they were willing to to have a 17 year old that they couldn't play for half the season on the roster just sitting around waiting for it because he is that good and and when you combine it with their complete inability to miss on free agency uh, <laughs> signing this past offseason between FD God who came out of literal nowhere um and how now his Lucio was like mind-blowing when we first saw it and then his brig play was whatever but even his his brig's better Mm -hmm. you know ben best props to the coaching staff for paris really shored up all their weaknesses helped their players improve and things they needed to improve on um and it's we're seeing it pay off fast and i think we've added a third powerhouse essentially uh you know not if you ask me to predict san francisco versus paris for this weekend i'm picking san francisco but Paris is right there now, right? This is right. what they needed to do to announce that they might be one of those one of those top three with Philly and, and San Fran. And um, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. It only makes things more interesting going forward. Yeah. Three of those teams. I, I was going to ask, is this, and obviously you don't need to go back into it as much, but is this a, not a splash in the water? Because I think a tournament like this and just the opponents they played against is not like a, Splash in the water, flash in the pan type of whatever other, you know, figure speech you want to say type of performance. It seems much more like a, uh, you know, a, a team emerging and, and really showing what they can do. But is the, you know, is Paris actually like a top tier team or are they just like, uh, you know, top of the middle? Are, are they actually in that contention or does it have to be a Genji meta for them to, to really pop off? Again, I don't think it has to be a Genji meta, but again, I, I do think there's metas where they're going to have deficiencies that can be exploited. Right. So they might not be meta dependent to succeed, but they're meta dependent to to fail, uh, right? Uh, okay. So if they get to the point where there there is that Winston, I do think no smite Ben Best combo falls short and, and is a mm-hmm. massive problem for the team. Um, but as long as Ben Best can perform like he did on the Orissa this weekend, they're okay there. His they've proven his Reinhardt is just fine, and they they perform very well when he gets the opportunity to play that. So maybe that's their best meta is Reinhardt instead with like either the Doomfist or the Genji or something. Sparkle can really pop at. I don't mm-hmm. know his full hero pool off the top of my head, but um, you know maybe that's more what it is. But mm-hmm. regardless of the situation, the circumstance, anything, when you go through a tournament and you put down the Dallas fuel who did bring decay back. Right. So they were at their full strength. That's a, mm-hmm. a proving ground right there. Dallas mm-hmm. is not great, but it's they're a match. Right. You, you've got to be able to beat them if you want to be good. And then, okay, maybe, maybe beating Vancouver doesn't say too much. Um, but then they go in and they take down San Francisco and Philly in the full distance kind of games, right? right? The, the map fives, the map sevens. Um, that says they're not heads and shoulders above those teams, but that says they're right there with them. Um, and until you do it over time, maybe over a couple metas, I'm I'm going to side with those teams, even though you just beat them, right? right. I still have them a, a small step behind San Francisco and mm-hmm. Philly, um, but they catapulted themselves over everybody else instantly, right? Because teams have struggled to get that one flash in the pan win over either of those two squads. True. Uh, and then now you've got somebody that that did it twice uh back to back against both of them so yeah they're it was definitely an announcement a statement game mm-hmm. it was we're here we're very legitimate we're one of they're trying to say they're an elite team right you're not going to say anything else um, right but i think do think there is that next step right we're going into placements again for the next tournament series mm-hmm. uh cycle and and that means a hero pool so let's show us you can do it in that hero pool it should be fine. Genji was untouched. We'll get to that later. Um, but not completely untouched. He's still available, though, as a as a hero. We'll right. say that much. Um, and yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. They they too, to me at least, have to repeat this kind of a performance next stage. Not win it all, but they need to take down one of those two teams. If they lose in the finals to the other one, whatever, mm. or you know, whatever happens, who knows? Yeah. Or if they lose to some meta star or something right. like that and whatever you end up in so be it um but yeah they're the first step like the first two or three steps to me being confident in them and putting them squarely in that top tier have, have mm-hmm. been completed there's just one more to go and it's longevity yeah i mean for sure it, you can't take anything away from a team that just beat philly in san francisco but they're not 
necessarily quite there. Um, let's quickly talk about the finals of Guangzhou versus Shanghai. Obviously, we've seen this match play out a lot uh, just because of how the Asia region works out. Um, but Guangzhou, I mean, Guangzhou 3 0 hunters. Okay, not not too the surprising. Whole trios except for yeah souls. that that was yeah. kind of crazy there was the what two matches that weren't yeah london uh, and seoul london, london was a three one three to one instead of a three to right. zero right so <laughs> yeah. what, what's the story here with with guangzhou i mean is this a level up over shanghai or or is it just a you know they lost the coin flip it's not that they lost the coin flip it's Guangzhou is what I thought they were going into the tournament and maybe Shanghai is a step behind what I thought but mm. even that I'm not willing to say right because there's not much more of an iconic duo than than Shanghai and blowing it in the finals mm. um they're a little bit known for that I mean big even if it's not the finals if it's a big moment if it's a map five Adora leaves the point or something right. like that like last, going back to last year this isn't even a, a year three problem for this team right. i don't know what it is but there's there was some absolute c9s in that finals and and guangzhou just was there and they were they were solid they're playing very very well um you know a lot of analysts i think would have us believe that they're going into the, at least this weekend that they were a cut above the rest of the teams even on the na side of things mm -hmm. i've never bought into that but to me it's always a put up or shut up prove it or i'm not right. buying it and that's why would possible yeah. for shanghai when you can't mix the regions like this right. so um <clears throat> you know it's it's very tough to take anything too definitive other than the teams i absolutely expected to make it to the finals made it to the finals had a very close game and mm -hmm. um shanghai just kind of kind of blew it left a little bit uh to be desired and that's not out of character for them um so yeah, I don't know. Props to Guangzhou. I, I do think it's notable that they're doing this kind of shorthanded, right? Um, I don't think Eileen's uh, Genji is is crazy by any stretch, right? And um, to have him playing that role and, and them winning anyways, I mean, he's good. He's solid at it, right? I'm not trying to say he's bad at it, but I do think that's Nero's job when he's there and when he's um, able to play for the team. So I think they're kind of doing this with a hand tied behind their back, right? Mm -hmm. They've got a backup in. Um, they're still able to to close out the bracket when win the region, and um, that's not something that I think the org's done before. Uh, so yeah, it's a, a big accomplishment for them. Um, Shanghai has to figure out their clutch problem, and I don't know that it really needs to get broken down farther than that. Yeah. Uh, this was a, a series it was four to two, not four to three, but it was very very close. Um, Guangzhou, I want to say, came out to a 3-0 start and then dropped a couple maps and it, it got close. But, um, yeah, they were just the, the better team on this day, not by a large margin, um, but better enough. And, and I think when yeah. they get their full squad back, uh, they're only going to be a little bit stronger. So we need to reshape our expectations of the Asia region and think of it as a, a two-man race with NYXL just on the outside knocking on the door um with a little cleanup work to do maybe to to get themselves on the park yeah, yeah they got 3-0 and beat up by guangzhou um too many more of those performances and we're not even going to really be able to talk about them as as knocking yeah. on the door um if, if i'm being honest they're still probably a cut above the rest of the region outside those two mm -hmm. uh, but it's the gap's widening, not closing hey, for New York. You only get to you only get to flex the we were the best team in season one and season two at points uh, for so long before it stops mattering at, at all, right? And, and to me, as long as you have that qualifier of at points, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> sure. So uh, I mean that that's certainly reasonable, um, and they're not doing themselves any favors, so. Uh, it's it's getting harder and harder to uh, to uh, defend that, but nonetheless, that was your shum your summer showdown, your summer showdown for Overwatch League 2020. Um, I don't know. Do we know what the next one's going to be called? I'll probably be something dumb uh, <laughs> that they should consult me on. 
the, we should have some say in naming these. Yeah. Um, I want to say there is, there was like details put out about it. I don't know. I'll, I'll find it and try to get you. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. Um, okay. Let's move on here to next week. And start with the meta death. May Widowmaker, Arissa and Anna are banned. Yeah, um, Widowmaker is definitely telling, but I think it mostly just confirms we're going to see a lot of Ash, um, as that's likely to be very, very important. Um, no Genji here, and that was the defining character coming off of his right. patch. Um, I think as well, Hanzo got buffed in that same patch. It was really a Shimada patch instead of just a Genji patch, but mm-hmm. uh, Genji got the much better end of that that exchange in the in the buffs. So maybe we do see a little more Hanzo. I know a couple teams wanted to to pull it out at times uh, in the tournament as well. Um, Anna's gone. Uh, Nano blades are are big, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Rig was the more likely duo in the tournament. That was because of the armor pack, like overhealing would put armor on a character. And I believe that's out now. Um, They patched that out Mm -hmm. and that should be in there now for this weekend's matches. So I'm a little curious to see what they end up with for a support duo. I'm wondering if maybe we get back to more Zen play because Discord Orb, when you have Overwatch League levels of um, coordination and focus fire, uh, Discord Orb is a good. game changer, um, melts tanks down. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Probably still going to see a, a good amount of Brig. Um, Orissa's out, so I think Dive might be a little more prevalent. Um, you don't really want to play uh, Reinhardt against Dive compositions. You get a little bit countered there. Mm-hmm. So I think we might see some Winston Ball or maybe some Winston Diva. Um I haven't seen a ton of diva lately, so I don't think she's incredibly popular. But uh, you never know the impact something like you know you know a band like Orissa, who was the steady as she goes main tank throughout the entire tournament for mm-hmm. for everybody outside of like Gibraltar map picks. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see exactly how it adapts. I, I don't know uh, for sure what'll happen. I did start playing a little bit more recently. I've been playing with, um, Shrugzix, his team a little bit when they needed somebody for some ladder games. Um, and yeah, it's the, obviously the, uh, ELO difference is, is significant, but, um, there also seemed to be a good amount of fluidity in what was good. Maybe we go back to Moira's needed, right? Um, she's very resilient against dive. You can just shift to get out, yep. and, and if you get targeted, um, so maybe we're back to like maybe we get some Brig Moira, maybe we get Lucio Moira with the dive. I really don't know, um, but I do think uh, dive is is very likely to be a, a prevalent staple for teams going going forward mm. into this weekend. Yeah, it makes sense uh, considering uh, considering uh, no. No, uh, Arissa and yeah, and Widowmaker as well. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see what it ends up being. Um, I mean, Genji was a huge part of the Summer Showdown, so I wonder if he's gonna. I'd be interested to see if he if he is making it as a as a like staple meta pick, or if it's just like a we have a Genji specialist, so we're we've unlocked the ability to play Genji here. That that's what I I think that would be cooler, but. That's what we, I think that's what we always want. You don't want any one hero broken and and teams unable to function if they don't have them. Right. Um, But that's very hard to accomplish from a balancing standpoint Mm -hmm. and uh, not 100% sure. One thing I can tell you, and I've I've always been very open about how little I understand about this particular topic, um, the effect of armor from Brig being put on these backline heroes. Yeah. All I know is people don't die when they have armor, right? Like it just yeah. seems near impossible. Um, so with that change being in there, it, it could really shake things up. And maybe, um, you know, your brig is just able to hard shut down the the Genji now, right? Because right. you hit the you hit the shield slam on it, yep. and your DPS is actually able to take them out instead of uh, they just unstun and then dash away and they're fine again or start deflecting and they're they're okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, that, that to me, 
almost more telling than the the Genji patch. I think the the Brig patch might be more impactful, right. uh, just because of how intricate the the damage crunch numbers were with armor packs. And she'll still have rally. I mean, I don't think Brig's going to become bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you're talking about once every three fights or once every other fight having the ability to provide armor to your team instead of well three times uh, in a fight until the right. cooldown comes. I get one of them back, and then I get a fourth one. Now we're talking like five, six armor packs I get to throw around yep. on my backliners. Uh, it's a very different conversation, and it's a very different level of effectiveness that the hero can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would love to see it where it's not mandatory, but it's hard to imagine we'll get there in a world where it looks like we're headed more towards dive than yep. it does something death falling. Okay, well, with that being said about the meta prediction, let's talk about the matches that are going to be playing with that meta. Starting on Friday, got Vancouver Titans versus Paris Eternal. We've spent the lion's share of the show talking about how good the Eternal are and have said nothing about the Titans because, well, they're... To be fair, four seed, four seed, right? They got the four seed. That's true. No matter how bad their opponents might have been, leading up into it and that happened to florida too and they we just also were good we, we would have just picked them to lose against no matter uh, any opponent no matter how bad they were going into yeah. it so um vancouver's on the up and looking better than they did two weeks ago but this is paris we're talking about coming yeah. off the performance they had i'm gonna take a 3-0 yep ship it uh next up we've oh, got the Winston. i don't know i'm talking about three to one three to one okay <laughs> We've got the battle for Texas or the Longhorn. Ch- I don't know what they call it. Uh, Houston Outlaws versus Dallas Fuel. Saw a nice little run by Houston this week, Death. Are you taking them over the fuel here? I've got this one incredibly close. I do think at full strength with Decay, with Doha, with everybody up, um, I think this is essentially a, a coin flip match that we're talking about. Um, so what is the, what does the meta become? Is it specifically Genji centric? If that's the case, Doha wins this one for Dallas, hands yeah. down. Right now, is it just dive and is the the tracer the star now without the armor packs or something like that? Yeah. Then it's up for grabs because Decay versus Dante is going to be a knockdown dragout. Um, if this becomes a matter of uh, the the tank lines are super super important, the advantage goes to Houston. It, same thing really with the support line as well. Um, you know, Houston is I think coming together as a more complete team right now, but Dallas still has Decay, still has Doha. Those guys pop off and carry performances. I'm gonna say three to two Houston, but again, even in my head, I'm like mentally flipping a coin. I'm just doing the Jedi mind trick to yeah. get the result I want because I, I like <laughs> one of these teams. Um, yeah. But as close as close can be, I, I can't stress that enough to the YouTube commenter that loves to hate on us whenever we pick Houston over Dallas. Oh, um, there's no we here. Yeah, no, is, there is. There is. <laughs> what do you got, a it's mouse when, in your pocket? When you, when you don't counter me, you are just as guilty as I am. Ah, so, okay, you, well... I am going to pick Dallas three to two here because you're mentally flipping a coin, but I'm literally flipping a coin. Okay, what do we do? The the one is heads, and we'll go tails never fails for Dallas. Oh god, wow, that was crazy. It was heads, so Houston is going to get the win here. I I want someone to clip that because I flipped it over my head. It landed on my head, it rolled down, and then landed in my hand. That was the most impressive thing I did by accident ever. Okay, moving on to Saturday, we've got Hangzhou Spark versus the Seoul Dynasty. Who do you have, Death? I'm going to go Seoul. Hangzhou just really hasn't put it together uh, with their new pieces. I do feel like a level up's on the way, but I'll wait until I see it before I start giving them credit for it. Yep. Uh, It's it's never a really a bad bet to bet against Seoul, but... uh, I'm not I'm not buying it yet either, so I'll take Soul as well. Sign that, me up for Goosh by Winston, though. I'll, I, I always true. like seeing that. True, true. Next up, Guangzhou Charge versus London Spitfire. I believe we've got our classic tier difference here. Yeah, easy clap, Guangzhou. Give me three oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, up next, we've got Chengdu Hunters versus NYXL. You of course know my thoughts on this. Easy five oh. Um, but I think even without the you know, taking the NYXL hat off, still 
pretty favored for NY. Yeah, I think um, I'll, I'll be taking NY as well. There is a tier gap difference between these teams. It's mm-hmm. unlike the last match, though. It's it's tier two to tier three instead of tier one to tier three. Right. So much closer. The Chengdu effect is always a factor. Um, maybe they can get back to some ball-oriented dive comps and take uh, take New York uh, off guard. But um, for now, I'm going to go with the best Genji player and <laughs> say that the better main tanks are also there. I think Hotbub getting to maybe play Diva again could be could mm-hmm. be really good for you guys. Um, but yeah, I will go New York. Let's call it three to one. Okay. Going back to NA, we've got Vancouver Titans versus LA Gladiators. Gladiators fans are so upset over the loss to Houston that they're questioning this one. But I'm mm-hmm. here to tell you guys to calm down a little bit. You should still be able to take over. Uh, a, a match against the Vancouver Titans. Give me the Gladiators here, three to one. Um, panic after you lose this one. Right? Yeah. Yes. No need to. Don't don't buy the uh, emergency life vest yet. But maybe you should have them. Uh, maybe you should have them ordered. Uh, don't buy your jersey yet either. Wait to see that one pan out. Though. True. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Washington Justice versus Toronto Defiant. Death. Can we glean? Anything from the discussion we had? Can we get a win in the regular season? No, because uh, Washington did like a low-key version of the same thing, but they beat teams starting six uh, when they did it. They were able to take out the Gladiators in the in the knockout rounds. Um, they did get bodied by the shock. I mean, they're not completely and totally leveled up. Um, I'm. I'm gonna pick Toronto, and I'm like, but I'm like very ready to be hurt. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just very ready to to just be emotionally uh, uh shattered by a loss to, to washington here yeah. um Same. because i don't think there's a massive difference between these two teams right now and i you know i don't like saying that about a team i root for when comparing right. them to a washington or another bottom table team but i think that's probably still what this is i'll, I'll go toronto i'll call it three to two they both had a bit of a run in the in the the, you know, yeah. the tournament there, but until I see sure four, I'm not going to be confident in Toronto. Yeah, I agree 100%. All right, San Francisco Shock versus the Boston Uprising. I feel like that answers itself just by saying it, but Death, is there any any chance for Boston here? Uh, 5-0 yeah. for San Francisco. Yep. Absolutely not. Easy. All right. Winston is losing. Yep. LA Valiant versus Atlanta Rain, perhaps with Erster. Ah, man. Because now you have to ask yourself, now that we know, you can't pick Atlanta 3-1. to one. You can't do it. So you've got to be 3-0 levels of confident that they're going right, to win. Right, Or they're going to lose. Yeah. I'm not confident either team's going to get their starting six correct in my mind. So right. that makes it super hard to pick. I don't know that I've struggled with a pick more ever. <laughs> this season than than i am with this one i don't know i don't think baby bay puts that tweet out if he's planning on on sticking around right give me atlanta here three to one he was he was the three to zero curse i'm going i'm going deeper i'm going three i'm going three oh atlanta it's gonna happen death talk to us about paris eternal versus toronto defiant no thank you <laughs> Paris trio. Yeah. Uh Atlanta Rain versus the Florida Mayhem. I'm going to go with Florida on this one. Uh the ability to just be dive centric um man it's it's tough to say because I think this really does boil down in large part to the support decision here for Florida and what they're able to, to get away with. Um, I think Brig is still the more likely of the two between him and Lucy or her and Lucio to be viable. So I'm going to lean Florida on this one. Uh, I'm going to take them. We'll go three to one. And I'm going to move us along here as well so that he doesn't have to edit. Blevins had to step away real fast. But the last matchup is the Boston Uprising versus the L.A. Valiant. Um, 
I, I mentioned it when we talked about Boston. They were going against San Francisco, so we didn't give it a whole lot of time. Um, I think Boston's resurgence and their ability to appear passable and play okay was a bit meta-dependent. I don't think they have almost any of the pieces that they're going to need in order to find success in this matchup. Um, Fusions isn't going to play Winston well. Color Hex or Jerry aren't going to be able to play either Tracer or Genji passably. Mm. Like, I really think Boston is woefully ill-equipped for the meta that's coming up, and I'm both rooting for and expecting them to be head and shoulders <laughs> uh, the worst team in Overwatch League going forward. Um, Blevins, I did out you for your bio break. I, I also I figured. kept going so you don't have to do any editing afterwards but we i mean your picks i wasn't gonna do i wasn't gonna do <laughs> editing anyway but if i left a three minute break in there you know <laughs> um but i'll be taking the valiant here three to zero okay uh, i like Levin's that pick your, we need your picks on atlanta versus florida and boston versus Man. okay so again i'm i'm sticking to and adhering to of course this means it's going to be broken this week the atlanta has to three oh so I can't I can't in good faith pick the three O versus Florida. So I'm gonna pick a three uh I'll go a three to uh three to one for Florida. And for Boston versus LA uh Valiant, I mean I'm not picking Boston against anyone right now, uh for any conceivable reason, at least yeah. right we, now. We've seen one good tracer game from Color Hex, like ever. Cool. Um and we've seen him try it five times, right? Yeah. So I just it's so hard to imagine that they're going to be able to find success in in this meta game with just they're very linear they need to be on like yeah. double hit scan with reinhardt as your main tank right and with that they're they're just doomed um f's in the chat for your um young bong who will never never find success <laughs> despite playing absurdly well all year he just has to hope that he gets picked up by another team because the boston uprising are the contenders of the overwatch league, <laughs> overwatch uh, league academy. yeah they are the overwatch league academy team that might end up being our uh our uh show uh title but that is actually going to be the end of the show death anything else we need to cover before we get going i think that's it my man all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening again. Make sure you are heading over to discord.me slash high noon podcast. If you haven't already, you can also head over to patreon.com slash high noon podcast to support the show and find us everywhere on, uh, on the internet, high noon podcast at high noon podcast on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, all of that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for watching for death blow. I am the Blevins, and remember, it's Hanan. How many contenders teams do you think could actually beat Boston right now? In this meta? In, right, like this week. Probably only one European team, but all of NA and Korea probably. <laughs>